You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST. And right here for the Locked On LSU podcast, the signing period, the early signing period upon us with a lot of activity for LSU on Wednesday. So we'll run through it here, and you will hear from uh, Ed Ogeron as well as uh, he was able to recap on his coaches show Wednesday night uh, what happened and what is still to come. So uh, as we mentioned yesterday, if you listen to, to Wednesday's episode, uh, we were recording uh, amid the early signing period. So we had some news already with respect to the early signing period. Now we have a much clearer picture. And, you know, my contention always with recruiting is, as a staff, all you can do is your best. All you can do is make your best pitch. You can't chain down a prospect and make him pick your school. You can't offer a, a bigger contract than another organization can. It's All you can do is is cultivate the best possible relationship with the prospect, with the prospect's family, and then hope they bite. And not everyone will. So for Ed Ogeron and his staff, this was just such an important time coming off of this season to capitalize on last year. And there was one guy in particular that they absolutely had to have. There was one prospect that you just could not miss. And that was Mason Smith, the big five-star defensive lineman. Uh, Rivals ranks him as the number one overall player in the country. He's a consensus five-star. He's from the Bayou region. And if your LSU and your head coach is from the Bayou region and is a defensive line coach, and the number one player in your state is a defensive lineman from the Bayou region, and you don't get him, that signals a massive underlying issue And LSU got it. The Tigers got Mason Smith on signing day, and that was the biggest fish out there that they had to land, and they did. LSU fourth nationally with 19 signees. You've got three more uh, commitments with Rajon Davis, Savion Jones, and Kyrie Gee. And Ed Ogeron also said that there is another silent signee. This is not altogether uncommon where a player will sign their letter of intent so they have their spot, But if they want to make the announcement, they'll do it at a later date, like in January at the All-American game or something like that. So really, uh, Ed Ogeron says there are 20, so five spots still available. Yes, you lost a couple of prospects. If you followed the news uh, throughout signing day, uh, JoJo Earl, the wide receiver, the athlete out of Texas, he flipped to Alabama. Keanu Coate, the edge rusher uh, out of Florida, he flipped to Alabama. And that's devastating for a lot of LSU fans to look, and it sucks that it's a guy who's now you have to see because they're playing your rival. It's one thing if they flip and they go to USC and you never hear from them again. It's another when they're in your division and you got to play them every year. But so often people will focus on the negative, the who you lost. But the reality is you're capped. You can only sign 25. So meet needs and sign 25 really good players and try to develop those players and compete. So, yeah, JoJo Earl flipped, but... You landed Chris Hilton, who's you know arguably the, the best player in the state of Louisiana this year, and he's signed. Chris Hilton out of Zachary signed. And you also flipped another receiver on signing day um, who had previously been committed to Mississippi State, a receiver in your state, Malik Neighbors, who, by the way, is a top 10 player in Louisiana and you know, is, a, is a top player in the country at his position. So 
you you landed a receiver from your state who's a top 10 player in your state who you just didn't have room for because you had Hilton and Brian Thomas is still out there and Jack Besh had already been committed and you had Jojo Earl. So Jojo Earl goes to Bama, but you get Malik Neighbors who's six foot one ninety and is a top ten player at you know in, in the state. So you you did what you had to do there. And then also you flipped a linebacker in Devontek Strong, who's the number one JUCO inside linebacker in the country. So, yeah, a couple got away, but you also landed three guys on signing day that were signing day flips to you. So, and look, you know, then you, you learn the stories like with, you know, Demarius McGee, for example, who uh, is out of the state of Florida, who had been committed uh, to Mississippi State, who decommitted, flips to LSU, well, said that he'd been silently committed for a couple of weeks. Well, that sort of explains why. You were in a situation over the weekend with Nathaniel Wiggins decommitting and flipping to Clemson. Well, you've had McGee committed for two weeks. So some of that starts to crystallize. And then you flipped Armani Goodwin. Armani Goodwin's a top 10 running back in the country. The number five running back in the country had been committed to Auburn. Of course, Gus Malzahn gets fired. So Goodwin was looking around. And Ed Ogeron and Kevin Falk, they were able to swoop in and land a top five running back in the country. So right now you're sitting there at fourth in the country, third in the SEC with Bama and Georgia still ahead of you. But you landed Mason Smith. You've got five spots to go. Uh, Tristan Lee, a five-star offensive lineman, is still on the board. Corey Foreman, the number one player in the country, is still on the board and considering you. You know Ed Ogeron's going to add more offensive linemen in this class. So all in all, this is a dynamic class coming off a really disappointing year that's been clouded by a lot of off-the-field issues as well to go into the early signing period and do the work LSU did on Wednesday is should be a major boost of confidence to everyone surrounding this program. So Sage Ryan also uh, sent in his letter of intent, uh, you know, the, arguably the number one safety in the country out of Lafayette Christian. LSU did exactly what it needed to do uh, to start the early signing period. Now we'll see if they can finish strong in February. Mentioned Ed Ogeron talked about the class. We'll get to that here shortly. As always, when you need to unwind, if it's uh, enjoying a, the, the the thrills of signing day or if it's kicking your feet up and watching the ball game on Saturday, if you're at a tailgate party, if you're at a holiday party, or maybe just after work you need to pop open an ice cold brew, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Reach for Coors Light. Ice cold Coors Light, cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged, the beer that is literally made to chill. It is ice-cold Coors Light. And remember, you can get Coors Light delivered right to your door. All you have to do is log on to get.coorslight.com, get.coorslight.com, and that Rocky Mountain refreshment will be delivered right to your door. Remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Be sure to join us for Friday's episode here on the Locked On LSU podcast. We'll get you full preview and prediction 
for LSU and Ole Miss. Be sure to be right here, and if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the Locked On LSU podcast, however you're listening, however you get your podcast. So as we mentioned, early signing period started Wednesday at Ogeron, met with the media to preview or to recap, rather, the day. This was actually not uh, – this was on his coach's show on Wednesday night. And um, the biggest question, obviously, coming out of signing day was offensive linemen. You have one committed right now, or one signed, rather, in Garrett Dellinger, big offensive tackle out of Michigan. So what do you do? We have some guys in mind. We have some guys identified. We still have some great high school players – out there that wanted to uh, wait till February to sign, and we think we're number one on their list right now. So uh, I've got three or four guys on the board. We have maybe five spots left. Three or four guys on the board are offensive linemen. That's our priority. So make no mistake, Ed Ogeron and the staff, they understand it. Uh, your offensive line has not been a strength this year. Uh, it's also a circumstance where you very well could lose Ed Ingram, Austin Deculus, uh, Liam Shanahan, seniors and one underclassman, and your your underclassmen aren't developing such that you're in a year where your offensive line hasn't played well and young guys like Anthony Bradford and Charles Turner and Cardell Thomas haven't been able to get on the field. That's not to say they won't develop and won't eventually get on the field, but that's the reality facing you right now. You've got to go get offensive linemen, and clearly they understand that. Now, Ed did also talk about the numbers. And remember, LSU has 19 signees, but he says, ah, that may be with an asterisk. If I have five scholarships left, we have a couple of guys that are silently committed uh, that have taken up some some spots I can't talk about tonight. You're going to be excited about them. Uh, they're great uh, players, uh, but I'm not going to say anything until February, so i got a couple of spots left. Uh, I'll have to say one for a graduate transfer. We've got a target on a graduate transfer. He's an offensive lineman. I think we're going to get him. Uh, we got some of the top young offensive linemen in the country that are not committed. I think that we're going to sign them. So we, we're targeting for offensive linemen and maybe another cornerback and maybe a safety. I don't know how many times Ed Ogeron can say we're targeting offensive linemen and refer to some of the top uh, uncommitted prospects in the offensive line in the country. Clearly he's talking about Tristan Lee, who is – the five-star left tackle uh, out of the D.C. area who's visited Baton Rouge on his own multiple times, was in Gainesville this past weekend to watch LSU upset Florida. He was there on a Florida unofficial, really, but uh, got to see LSU upset Florida, and that had to be a huge boost for LSU's opportunity to sign a guy like um, uh, like Tristan Lee. So we will wait until February to get that word. Actually, we'll know about Tristan Lee in January as he um, – will announce at the uh, the All-American game. And so will Corey Foreman, another one of the biggest prospects in the country, uh, depending on what service you use. Some have him listed as the number one prospect in the country. So that could be a massive get if they're able to pry Cal- uh, Corey Foreman out of California and get him here to Baton Rouge. A um, couple of other prospects here locally, of course, as we mentioned to start the show, the biggest was obviously Mason Smith. And Ogeron went into detail about Mason Smith's recruitment. Christian Lockerchew, our graduate assistant football coach, who I love, who wore number 18, was the major recruiter in this. He did a tremendous job. He talked to Mason Smith more than he talked to his girlfriend. I'm telling you that. He was on, he was on the phone with Mason Smith about 15 times a day, and so was Greg McMahon. He went down to Terrebonne High as many times as he can, created a great relationship with those guys, great get for the Tigers. Something else I'll tell you that I know definitively about Christian Lockature, uh, who, as Ed was saying there, was recruiting Mason Smith. Lockature, Kelvin Shepard, 
those guys have been very hot on the trail for Corey Foreman as well. And if they're able to land that tandem of Mason Smith and Corey Foreman, it will catapult this class into the conversation for the best that LSU has ever had. Now, another tense moment was with Chris Hilton, the dynamic wide receiver out of nearby Zachary, who um, it, it was thought as of last week that he may not sign, but ultimately they ironed out their issues together, and he did, in fact, put pen to paper. The more player in the country, seven, seven foot one high jumper, right there from Zachary High School. I remember the day we offered him. I was watching the state championship game on my couch. He was a sophomore. They ran the tunnel screen. He beat uh, West Monroe. I called. I remember calling Coach Brew the next morning. I think he had just went to bed. He had a little fun that night, and uh, me and him had a good good talk about it. But I offered Chris that day. You know, Chris has some great parents. Uh, they love the LSU Tigers. He's going to be a great wide receiver. Another reason why I'm not super bummed about LSU missing out on JoJo Earl. I don't want to minimize losing a really good prospect, especially when you lose him to Alabama. But when you've got Chris Hilton, when you've got Jack Besh, when you've got guys returning like Kayshawn Booty and Coy Moore and Jare Jenkins, and we haven't even seen Alex Adams, the LSU receiver room is is just fine, and they're going to continue to be really good. And Chris Hilton is one that everybody should be really excited about right now and for years to come. All right, uh, we'll put a button for now on the early signing period. Uh, Remember, on tomorrow's episode, we will preview LSU and Ole Miss. We'll put a button on it next. Betting on the Tigers or college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, LSU basketball was supposed to play on Wednesday, so we should be recapping that game right now, but that game was postponed due to contact tracing and COVID-19 issues within the LSU program. As we know, Will Wade uh, has acknowledged testing positive for COVID-19. The the basketball Tigers got a win earlier this week, despite not having Will Wade, not having Trendon Watford, and not having Sharif O'Neal. So um, that in and of itself is impressive. It is disappointing, though, because it would have really been nice to have a chance to see – uh, LSU get back on the floor uh, on on short notice to see if Trenton Watford will be back out there after having the uh, the the boot for a, a minor ankle injury that he's had. So no game against UNO, which was postponed on Saturday. Tigers are scheduled to be back on the floor against North Texas at 11 a.m. So a busy day out on the LSU campus with the LSU North Texas basketball game at 11 a.m. and then LSU and Ole Miss football at 2:30. I guess you can pull this off when you know you don't have. 100,000 people on campus tailgating, et cetera. But LSU North Texas, uh, 11 a.m. at the Maravich Center. And then next week on the 22nd, Tuesday, LSU hosts VCU, Will Wade's former school. So um, that's a return trip from game where LSU uh, made that trip a year ago up to up to Virginia Commonwealth and lost. And that's the final tune-up before conference play begins on Tuesday, December the 29th, Tuesday after Christmas at home in the Maravich Center against Texas A&M. So we'll keep our eye out for LSU hoops this weekend at home against North Texas, and certainly we'll have that full recap on Saturday. Tomorrow's episode, full preview of LSU and Ole Miss. We'll see you then. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day.